Hey everyone, if you're listening to this message, then that means you're listening to this episode of NXT Talk away from the usual home of the SNME Radio Patreon feed. If you like what you hear, be sure to become a Patreon for Sunday night's main event at patreon.com slash SNME Radio. More than 20 years, wrestling radio has dominated the Sunday night airwaves here in Canada. Sunday night's main event continues that long-standing tradition with its origins deep-rooted in the wrestling radio pioneer program, The Law, live audio wrestling hosted by Jason Agnew and weekly guests, including his longtime wrestling partner, Dan Levransky. Sunday night's main event is a weekly two-hour radio program broadcast all over Canada on iHeartRadio and TSN radio stations, including... TSN 690 Montreal, News Talk 610 in the GTA, News Talk 1290 London, TSN 1260 Edmonton, and many more to come. The Patreon gives you extensive coverage in the wrestling world, including a raw review that watches the show so you don't have to, an AEW Dynamite review, a Friday Night Smackdown review, and this show, NXT Talk. All this content and so many extras, which is basically one wrestling show a day. You get it all for $4 a month. That's $1 a week. So make sure you go to patreon.com slash radio. If you like what you hear, make sure you rate and review on this feed, the It's Canon podcast feed, which is a two-show-a-week pop culture and geek show where we chat all things geek, all things pop culture. Be sure to subscribe for extra pop culture and wrestling content. Well... Without further ado, here is your preview to NXT Talk from June 1st, Yep. It's the most wonderful time of the year, Boris. Death, taxes, and the Toronto Maple Leafs ripping the hearts of their fans out and eating them in front of them. It's it's yeah. just, yeah, it's just, it, 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 it kind of makes you feel like, you know, the world's coming back to normal. That's, that's exactly it. Um, we have a lot to talk about today. We not only have NXT to talk about, but we have a bunch of things going on. So we're going to kick things off with a recap analysis and review of NXT TV from June 1st, 2021, which had a chaotic first hour with excellent wrestling matches, non-finishes, back-to-back segments, full of story. Then we're going to chat some NXT UK on NXT UK Corner, and then we're going to close the show by giving you the results of our pick contest, which featured AEW Double or Nothing, and we're going to give you our picks for NWA when our shadows fall when our shadows fall i'm excited to watch that show 
I like the NWA. I kind of like what they do. I really like Nick Aldis. Really like Serena Deeb. When Our Shadows Fall is among the worst pay-per-view names I've ever heard. It's in the history like a of Michael wrestling. Bay movie, like a Transformers movie. When our shadows <laughs> yeah, like, fall, Transformers Six. When our shadows fall, yeah. No, yeah. It, it, that's terrible. That's up there with Great Balls of Fire to me. That's one of the worst I've ever heard. But I'm that's, excited for the show. It's a pretty decent little card. JTG yeah, versus Fred Rosser. I'm actually very excited to see what they're gonna do. That'll be it. But we'll talk about that later. How are you doing, my friend? How's how's Boris? Boris is doing great. That's <laughs> Much good, better man. than the last time you saw me. Nice. Well, that's good. Glad to hear it. You, yeah. you look good. You look happy, smiling. Yeah, I was. That was. That was okay. Um, yeah, a lot going on in uh, the life of Boris. Lots of good stuff. But uh, yeah, you know, sometimes shit happens, and and you gotta move on. You gotta you gotta truck on, and and you know, podcast some more, and you'll keep yourself with podcasting. But uh, no, I can't complain overall. Things are fine, you know. Um, you know, we're getting the second vac soon, so really happy about that, uh, you know. And uh, hopefully, life can get a little back to normal. And I got to say, this long week and well, it was a long weekend for me because uh, I ended up taking Monday off because of Memorial Day. Um, you know, it it felt pretty good. Like you know, I I saw some people I haven't seen in a really long time, um, and it just worked out that we could see each other, and it was great. Nice man. Well, that's really good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, it's time of adversity for everybody, buddy. Uh, we gotta we gotta power through. But you know, I'm, I'm glad that you're staying busy. And uh, yeah, that's good, man. You know, I, uh, I I almost feel guilty. I don't want to rub it in too much. I am obviously a Montreal Canadiens fan, and I actually like I, I I'm not bragging too hard to my Leaf fan friends because this is like a painful loss. This is a very painful loss. I've seen friends of mine like burning jerseys on Instagram. I'm dead serious. Like people are upset about this Maple Leafs loss. This is a bad one. It's a heartbreaker. Yeah, one hundred percent. Especially like when. You know, it was almost decided before the puck dropped game one that the Leafs were going to move forward. But, you know, you just never know. That's playoff hockey for you, right? We have to remember that. Playoff hockey can sometimes surprise you, can sometimes really hurt you. And this is a case of that. Um, you know, let's be, let's be honest. Tavares being gone the entire series after a freak accident. Could not have been good for the team. Um, you know, they had to change up their defense last minute for game seven. So... You know, it was it was it, it wasn't a foregone conclusion that they would win. And you know, it's it's we always we always make fun of momentum, but momentum's a real thing in sports. Oh, big time! Not to turn this into NHL TLK, but yeah, the loss of Jake Muzzin was devastating, and Tavares too. Not necessarily on the score sheet, although they both scored timely goals. But they're both like the captain and the assistant captain. Those are two humongous presences in that dressing room you know what i mean like more than anything else they would have helped calm the ship down and i'm sure they were still talking to the guys you know what i mean but like yeah that's that's a big loss to not have those guys out there on the ice like going to battle with you yeah i montreal got lucky it broke well for them and then when they actually got to game seven i was not losing any sleep honestly i was pretty confident in carrie price in a one game scenario like that and not to get all like Don Cherry, like, war, like I knew blah, blah, blah. Like not to make like a galaxy brain hockey man point here. But I will say when Toronto scored in game six to tie it at two before it went to overtime and they dogpiled 
as though they had just won the Super Bowl. And they celebrated so hard. I honestly turned to my roommate and I said, Montreal's going to win this series, man. Toronto just blew it. Toronto just blew their stack. I mean, like they, they just, that was their celebration. They just, and there's so much hockey left and they didn't score again until the very end of game seven. So I, I, I honestly, I well. honestly said that. Cause that's when I Go went ahead. upstairs to see you right after that happened. Like as they tied the game, I messaged you to see what, what was going on. And I told you Montreal's got this. Like it's, 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 it's Montreal just blew their load. And that was that, or Toronto blew their load. And that was that metaphorically. Yes. I completely, totally agree. Just that celebration was like, Oh boys, like you're not out of the woods yet. Like you just tied game six, like chill out, celebrate like that when you win the series. Yeah. Anyway, I, yeah, I, th- I thought it was telling that they celebrated like that when they scored in game six. And then when when they when the Montreal Canadiens won in game seven, Carey Price skated off like he like he had done it every day. Like it was the second period of a preseason game and then yep. his teammates mobbed him. But yeah, man. Anyway, I'll go to war with Carey Price. I'm loving uh, where the halves are at right now with Suzuki and Kakaniemi and of course, Ka- Cole Caulfield. Oh, man. Future is bright. It's looking good. Knock on wood. We could get swept by Winnipeg. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. You just never know. And it's one of those things. Winnipeg hasn't played a game in over a week now, right? Like, so yeah. we'll see what what happens tomorrow night or tonight, whenever you're listening. I actually don't. I legitimately feel bad for my Toronto Maple Leaf fan friends. Hang in there. Don't chase Marner out of town. Marner's a good boy. You be nice to young Mitchie. And uh, I think, honestly, like, if Tavares and Muzzin are healthy, the Leafs win that series. I'll say that to any of my Leaf fan friends. But guess what? That's not how it shook down. Uh, Montreal won. You know, the reality is, is that it didn't work out like that. But yeah, so we had that going on. Um, Jays are in the thick of things. That's always a fun time as well. Um, you know, Guerrero leads the league in home runs as of this moment. Yep. And you never know what what bullpen we're going to get. Like, it just seems like such a crapshoot right now. Yeah, like Chatwood was going well, but then he's been getting spanked around. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, the loss of Alejandro Kirk. Hurts because I love Danny Jansen, but he's not an everyday MLB hitter, I don't think. And Kirk was like starting to swing the bat well again, and then now he's out for 60 days. So that hurts. Yep, exactly. Um, and yeah, it's just like, you know, there's a lot going on. It's it's, it's the proverbial hot girl summer, Matt, and, and I think I'm going to take <laughs> advantage of it. Oh, I'm excited, my friend. I can't wait. And if Saturday is any indication, or this weekend is any indication to how I'm going to be this summer. Just be ready. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, no. Yeah. No, but, could be a, it's not going to be a dry summer. We'll say that. <laughs> For sure. Um, but, you know, now that I have a little more free time in my life, you know, I think we're going to be dedicating a little more time to wrestling. You and I have talked about all these plans. We've wanted to do stuff with, you know, NXT Talk. We have this opportunity. We're both creative people. We both watch a lot of wrestling. You know, we have, you know, like, we, we get along well enough where I think that we can do this. And, you know, I've had a couple comments about people wanting more wrestling shows from us. So I think we're going to try to do this. So I've already let Jason know, um, and we didn't talk about it on the show last week because we decided literally as we finished recording, and it is that we will be not only watching NWA When Our Shadows Fall, we will be talking about NWA When Our Shadows Fall, so you can find the review uh, from us um, on Sunday or Monday after the show. 
Yeah, so it's a Sunday afternoon show. I'm not 100% sure when I'll be able to watch it. Hopefully, we'll have it up there for you Sunday evening. Might be Monday morning, but uh, we'll definitely get it to you ASAP. And yeah, like I said, like I'm excited for the for the show. Well, yep. I guess we'll talk more about the, the show when we when we do go over the pick contest. But yeah, Nick Aldis has been a uh, proper NWA champion. I feel like he's restored some honor to that great title, Boris. Yep. Agreed. Um, you know, people have also asked about ROH, and we will try to do the ROH pay-per-views. We will try to incorporate a little more ROH into our content, um, but, you know... I think before I make anything official and I make any proclamations, I'm going to have to uh, have a have a few convos with a couple people, but I can guarantee you, you will be getting more, you know, something, something, something TLK from us. <laughs> with Agnew El Patron? <laughs> yeah. The guy that runs our bingo. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think, too, we might try to do... Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. We'll 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 talk more. There's there's a there's a special coming, uh, like a big a big uh, Canada Day special, perhaps. Keep your eyes peeled for that. July first. Well, uh, you things things are in the oven, percolating. Yep. Yep. All right, Matt. I think it's time to get into the show because we there's like just like that first hour of the show. I think it's gonna take us just as long to talk about it um, because there's just so much happened. Um, so we might as well just jump into things. So. You know, the first item, the first piece of business here is our weekly rating system. We're the young ones. We're done with star ratings. So if you've listened to us before, you know that we change things up every week. And we have a rating de jour, a rating de week. Um, And I believe that this week, in honor of Pride Month, in honor of Beth Phoenix's awesome jacket, we are going to rate each match out of five Pride rainbow jackets yeah five rainbow jackets out of five beth phoenix was looking dapper rocking the rainbow jacket for pride month and yeah that's it we're gonna rock it as well so five rainbow jackets is the unit of measurement this week on nxt talk yep all right so the show kicks off and we get a review of last week's nxt championship main event between carrion cross and finn balor uh then they preview tonight uh Two major matches, which the first one was the number one contender, um, the number one contender triple threat match between Kyle O'Reilly, Pete Dunne, Johnny Gargano. And then they also preview the MSK versus Legado del Fantasma uh, NXT tag team match. They also talk about a Kushida open title match. So, you know, right off the get-go, this show is looking pretty strong. Um, We jump straight into the Capital Wrestling Center as Vic Joseph introduces us into the show. And I got to say, man, the show, the the match that kicked it off kind of surprised me a little bit. Um, It didn't once things played out. But, you know, hearing Pete Dunne's song and Pete Dunne... um, Titantron videos and whatnot kind of did surprise me because it is time for determining who the number one contender at In Your House against Karrion Cross is going to be. Yeah, so I actually saw this one coming because I've uh, I saw it on social media. NXT actually tweeted it out a couple hours before the show. But yeah, that's actually like sometimes I prefer to not see these things on social media and get surprised because it's kind of nice. It's kind of exciting. It's like, oh, wow, like this match already. Let's do it, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, and typically, I've been pretty good at 
knowing what's going to happen because of social media and whatnot. But just, you know, today was just one of those things. So this was a very nice, yeah. very nice surprise for me, um, you know, especially just with like whatever. So it's like, okay, let's 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 kick things off. So as I mentioned, Pete Dunn comes out. Um, Johnny Gargano comes out with Austin Theory, who leaves Gargano on his own after his entrance. And lastly, it's Vancouver's own cool guy Kyle, Kyle O'Reilly on his way out. So the match kicks off right away. And I love the fact that after I go on my typical rant about triple threat matches, this match was your non-typical WWE triple threat. Yeah, they really worked hard to do spots the three-way, like different different looks, different submissions, where all three wrestlers were involved at all the at all times. They, it wasn't like the entire match. Obviously, there's going to be some moments where somebody is selling the impact of a move, and there's going to be some moments where Buddy rolls out to the ring. But I did appreciate how hard they worked to incorporate all three wrestlers all the time in this match. They really, it was all action. It was nonstop, but. At no point did it feel like silly or formulaic. It felt like a war, a battle that all three guys were trying to win. Yep, and it honestly felt like a very fresh match, which is something that, you know, even in NXT, sometimes they fall victim to kind of having a lot of repetition, you know? So I really enjoyed this match. It was, it felt like a very fresh match. It was very fast-paced, but I got to say that right off the bat, picture in picture ruins everything. We were at that like a perfect point in the match, and I felt that things are really starting to pick up, and then we get a commercial. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, it, nature of the beast. It's a TV match in 2021, but yeah, it's it's pretty annoying. You know, long Applebee's commercial while you're trying to actually pay attention to the wrestling match. But it is what it is. You know, I guess I guess it's probably impossible to have a five star match or a five rainbow jacket match. While, uh, you know, Shaq is selling you Papa John's pizza. Yep. So, O'Reilly with some beautiful offense with some suplexes and DDTs. He just kept rolling into them. It was awesome. Uh, Pete Dunne, also very consistent with his offense. You know, he tried to do the the joint manipulation on both Gargano and O'Reilly at the same time. And Gargano was Gargano. Like, what can we, how much more can we praise Gargano on this show? Like, he is one of the best performers, period. Oh, for sure. I really, I like one of the spots that I really appreciated was a, uh, the, the Pete Dunn got a double kind of like hammer lock into the double finger breaky spot. He had both guys down and he pulled it off on both men. That was fun. Counters to each other's finishers. Uh, Dunn hit his X-Plex out of nowhere, I thought. It was just really yeah. in a beautiful, uh, you know, portion of the match to bust that move out. It was just it was so well done, this match. It so, was so well put together. Not only was the match really well done, the announcers did a fantastic job, but that third element to every match that we talk about all the time, but I feel like it should be praised in this match, and that is the actual production, the camera work. They were able to catch everything that mattered it wasn't one of those things where something happened off to the side you know what we wanted to 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 put importance on it was and i felt that that was really well done as well there's another moment uh in the main event where the camera work was really strong but i agree up and down camera work is pretty solid in the show 
All right, so O'Reilly goes for a guillotine, but Dunn puts a rear naked on him, and he lets go of Gargano. O'Reilly is fading, but Gargano breaks it up and puts Dunn in the Gargano escape. Dunn peels the fingers away and snaps at them. Dunn hits the bitter end, but O'Reilly breaks it up with a flying knee from the top rope. Um, and at this point, I was like, okay, I think I think uh, cool guy Kyle's got this. Um, O'Reilly staggers to his feet, and he and Dunn trade kicks on the apron. Gargano tries to break it up, but both of his opponents end up on the floor anyway. And this is when Adam Cole runs out and attacks all of them with a steel chair. The ref tries to get right, um, right to him, and Cole attacks him as well. Cole gets sandwiched into the plexiglass with said ref for good measure. He gets in the ring, takes out Gargano, wiping his hands. This is when... Uncle Regal, William Regal, comes out with two security officials to try to throw Cole out. All three men, all three combatants on the floor. Um, Cole gets one last good hit at O'Reilly as we go into commercial. So it's a commercial at about 19 minutes, 35 seconds into this match. Yeah, so, huh. Honestly... Just because there's interference, just because there's shenanigans at the end of a match, it doesn't make it bad. It doesn't ruin it. Now, if you want to say that this finish ruined a great match, that's your prerogative. I think it enhanced a great match. The commercial bugged me more than this finish, honestly. Yep. So yep. Uh, I thought this was I thought this was a great match. If it would have happened on a takeover, would have gotten a couple more minutes and didn't have a four minute commercial in the middle of it. It could have been like. A classic triple threat match. It was awesome. It was so like so far out of the box, so unique to the WWE standard. These guys all worked hard, and Adam Cole ended up looking like a million trillion dollars. It was a great run in. It was a great sell job by Regal. I really, really love this match. One of the best opening matches in NXT in a while. This entire night, Cole just looked like a megastar, and I absolutely love that, especially after being gone for so many weeks. He comes back, and not only does he retake his top spot, I believe he might even be the top guy going into In Your House. I just, I there's no reason for him to be here anymore at Agreed. all. But, like, I don't know. Let's do it because I don't trust that Vince will ever, ever use him correctly. But, yeah, that, that much is distracting me to, like, from fully – Diving in and, and loving this Cole character, but yeah, he un, unbelievable performance tonight uh, on the mic later and in this exact scenario, he was yep. so great. So and great. I gotta and I gotta agree with you because you know as I put on the message board as I sent to you this commercial and I'm talking about the commercial you know once it was a no contest once Regal was out with security um, you know I was both angry angered and intrigued. And it was a fantastic feeling because it's like, my God, can these commercials end? Like, I, we need to know what's going to happen. Is the match going to restart? You know, like, is it going to be some proclamation? Like, what's going on? Now we're marking out, Boris. They got us. It was that's good wrestling. That's the whole point of watching this show. That's what we're. That's what we're hoping. That's the feeling we're chasing, Boris. Yep. So, shall we rate this bad boy? Yeah. So again, I, I think yeah. In a, in a different world, on a takeover. Without the commercial, could have been a classic. It was still great. I would still say it was an A, so we're going to go four and a quarter rainbow jackets out of five. That's an 85%. That's an A. Not an A-, minus. a full stone-cold A. That is a great, great match. Go out of your way to find it. 
Yep. And I got to say 100% that this match is must watch. If there's any match you're going to watch from this week's NXT, it's this one. For sure, for sure, for sure. I didn't uh, I didn't sit down and watch all of Raw, but I guarantee you there was nothing on Raw that was this good. 100%. All right, so after the commercial, William Regal is seething with anger as he backs Adam Cole up one step at a time toward the backstage area. He yells at the official to take their hands off him. Cole yells at the officials to take their hands off him. I'm leaving, Regal, he says. I'm leaving. They escort Cole out the back door. Meanwhile... Our match with no conclusion appears to be 100% over. But wait, Matt, there's more. Because as there's pandemonium with Adam Cole and William Regal, Ember Moon walks past everyone and she says she's hijacking the show until Raquel Gonzalez comes out. Gonzalez's music plays and William Regal tries and and fails to cut her off at the pass. She gets in the ring and starts brawling with Moon. Moon gets the better of her and mouths off as security holds Gonzalez back. But this is when Dakota Kai jumps Moon from behind and destroys her with kicks. Regal runs down to check on Moon as the Nextras begin heavy booing. Security and Regal make both Gonzalez and Kai leave. Regal goes down to ringside to check on Moon again. So, again, insanely chaotic open of the show. And I think that the uh, sudden transitions uh, from segment to segment just really it added a something that we haven't seen in a long time, right, in wrestling. Like, dare I say, since, you know, you can say Dynamite is like this sometimes, but not to this extent. Like, it was riding at, like, a 9-10 level for the first 40 minutes. Well, I think the problem is Dynamite does this too often. And so it doesn't land when Dynamite does it. But when you're used to the NXT kind of pacing, and then they kind of just like throw the pedal to the metal and just go zero to 60. It's like, whoa, it really stands out. You really like see the change and you appreciate it. So I don't think they should do this every week, but if they did this every six weeks, if they did this every month or so, it's great. It's a great idea. So keep doing what you're doing at XT, but then every now and then, if you want to just turn the chaos up to 11 to start a show, just to remind you that this is like pro wrestling is still exciting. You know what I mean? Like that's good. That's great. Like in this, I do program, think. Yeah, I, go ahead. In this program, we've had uh, so far, you know, a major story for the NXT Championship. Right now, we just had a major story for the Women's Championship. We're going to have major stories for the tag team belts and the um, the 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 women's tag team belts. So I just feel like you know, all the major stories are actually being built up in this one episode, and they did a fantastic job. And at this point, it was just like. Bravo. Like, I was so happy with not only, you know, the the, the non-match and everything that happened with it because I want to know more. I want to know what's going to happen to Cole. I want to know what how this is going to end. But you have Ember Moon, who's kind of been, yeah, she was tag team champ, but I kind of feel like she wasn't being used to her full potential. And here we are, you know, being put up against Raquel Gonzalez for a match. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, 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 yes. I, uh, you know, Boris, like some things are science and some things are art. Like this isn't a chemistry experiment where if you put in certain elements, something will occur no matter what. This is art. It goes by feel. You know what I mean? And sometimes these things work. Sometimes they don't. And I don't know why it works 
when NXT or it worked on this night when NXT went crazy with the pacing of their show. And I oftentimes complain when AEW does that. But again, I think it's mostly just because we see it too often in AEW. Yeah. And it's kind of funny because like when we think back to the Attitude Era, this is literally every Raw was like this. Exactly, but, man. But that's it was yeah. once a week. Uh, that's that's a big difference. It was once a week, and it was like a head-to-head war at a time when it had never happened before, too. We were used to seeing squash matches on TV every week from every company, every show, and then you'd get a big pay-per-view once every couple months, and that's just how wrestling was. But then they started doing pay-per-view quality shows every week, and that was the that was the whole draw of it, right? But now there's not that direct competition. So they're just kind of caught in, in the in-between and, and wrestling has kind of actually been scrambling to reinvent itself really since 2001, if we're being honest. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, so we shall move on. We see all three <laughs> members of Legado backstage. Santos Escobar tells his capos that he'll be out there to watch them reclaim what's theirs. And they promise to follow his example and be leaders among men. He, they say familia is everything and they will be champions. They will be campeones tonight. Great promo as per usual. These guys are great. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm so high on these guys. Like these guys are just so good um you know we can continue to praise them and we probably will yeah on on the long list of people who in a fair world would be on the main roster doing great great work right now yep and then we get a quick cut to la Knight telling the production people to hit his music calling them dummies in the process he has a mic he vows to prove he's the worthy heir to ted dibiase's million dollar legacy then that's not an insult. That's just a fact of life. Sure. It was all right. Not high on the list of LA Knight promos, but he's not going to cut a bad one. Exactly. You know what it is? It's a good promo, but it's the same thing literally every week. Like, replace, you know, wrestler name with who I'm facing this week and replace what happened last week, you know, and you have his promo. Yeah, exactly. So we get back from commercial and we have a video package from earlier today where we see drake maverick coming into the capital wrestling center he's then asked about getting involved with the indie hartwell dexter loomis storyline and this is when Everrise comes in um they have a quick conversation with drake maverick hit row then comes into the scene and has some choice words for everyone killian dane comes up and stands up for drake maverick as hit row and drake maverick and killian dane are all getting into a fight I like this. I'm ready for more hit row. They're they're very entertaining, and I like the tag team. I I don't know. I don't know where Swerve is gonna fit in on the uh, in the NXT you know landscape just because it's pretty crowded right now. There's five people in the world title match at the next pay per view, Boris. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm a little skeptical just at their positioning in the card. You know what I mean? Like I'm worried. But I, I think their talent level is clear, and I hope they get the chance that they deserve. Yeah. This leads us into match number two of the night, which was LA Knight versus Jake Atlas. And if you remember, Jake Atlas' last match, he beat Cameron Grimes. So this is LA Knight wanting to prove something to Ted DiBiase. In the middle of the match, Ted DiBiase comes out. LA Knight notices this, and he does the classic DiBiase fist to the face, which is kind of cool. 
Yeah, I really like that spot. Caught that too. That was that was a nice little shout out. I yep. uh, I thought this was a pretty good showing from uh, young Jake Atlas in this match. We we haven't seen Jake Atlas really have like a classic. Well, we haven't seen him have a classic match, but we haven't even seen him have like a great match in NXT to this point. But these, he's he's starting to show up a little more. He's starting to get get more of a chance. This match was probably his longest on NXT TV. It would have to be. Yep. It was just over 12 minutes, just under 13 minutes. Um, and I thought that the match length was just right. I believe that, you know, it not only showcased Jake Atlas, but it kind of extended the story of Million Dollar Man, Cameron Grimes, and LA Knight. So overall, I just feel like the entire dynamics were perfect. And I'm telling you, like, there's a small part of me that still thinks that Jake Atlas is going to be the heir apparent to Ted DiBiase. I think that would be cool. A little, little uh, similar to the Tatanka Lex Luger. Uh, SummerSlam 1994 twist. I think that would be really interesting. That'd be very fun. Yep. So Cameron Grimes has arrived. He and DiBiase start having a chat about money matters. Back in the ring, Atlas hits a standing moonsault for a near fall. Atlas goes to the ropes from the outside, but Knight cuts him off when he gets to the top. He climbs up, but Atlas knocks him down with a forearm. Knight goes up again, but he gets shoved off and catches the ropes. This is when Jake Atlas does his cartwheel DDT um, to end the match at 12 minutes and 43 seconds. Yeah, great showing by uh, Atlas. Even LA Knight looked pretty good. He held his own. Uh, if you're watching LA Knight super duper closely, you can nitpick the execution, I guess. Yeah. But you know what? He's a personality wrestler. He's, uh, y You know what he is. And I, I think he's a perfectly fine LA Knight. This is a pretty good match. I liked it. Yep, exactly. So after the match, Knight begs DiBiase to come back, but to no avail, he's essentially sobbing. Just wanted to wrap up that quick little post-match story before we get into our rating. No, please do. Thank you for uh, doing so. Yeah, I thought this was a yeah, really good match. Uh, very good showing for Jake Atlas. He needed a long match that he won that showed that he was a threat. LA Knight's been pushed really hard, but uh, Jake Atlas beat him. Beat him relatively clean uh, with the classic distraction finish. I thought this was pretty strong. I'm going to go, well, we're going to go three rainbow uh, jackets out of five for a 60% rainbow jacket percentage. It was good, though. Jake, Jake Atlas needed a solid match like this. We see the contestants from the Ruin Triple Threat match all being treated backstage. Oni Lorcan and Austin Theory get into a pissing contest about their men winning the Triple Threat if it wasn't for if it wasn't for Adam Cole. Um, they get into it. All hell erupts yet again. Yep. Sure did. It sure did, Boris. Uh, we cut to the hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell, as she's with Ted DiBiase. Um, uh, she asks Ted who the man to carry the legacy of the million dollar man is going to be he says la knight dropped the ball grime showed us he has brains and bronze this is when adam cole walks in front of everyone and he heads to the ring as we go to commercial so this is just like one thing after the other after the other interruption after interruption that tony khan pacing that eric bischoff pacing with like a little a little dusting a little hint of russo a little pinch of russo minus all the racism and sexism <laughs> i was waiting for that yeah no, it's 100 <laughs> true but you know 
again, and I and and you already said this, and I'm gonna repeat it because you know I it begs to be repeated, and that is you every show cannot be like this. Yeah, it'll just burn out the audience and maybe it won't even burn out the audience. Maybe the audience will become accustomed to it, but things won't land. It just if you don't allow things to breathe, they just they they won't land and people won't get the respect they deserve for all the crazy stunts and the good work that they're doing. It's just period. It's just you're you're doing yourself a disservice by loading your show by packing it so tightly. Yep. And if you if you do this on TV, it goes back to what we've been talking about for the past few weeks. What is the point of pay-per-views and what is the point of TV? You know, traditionally, TV builds a pay-per-view. We're seeing times are changing because of contracts, because of big money with networks. You know, things are changing. Paper, t- some TV shows are almost at the same level of a pay-per-view. But the pay-per-view is where you... The wrestlers get to shine nowadays, right? So if the pacing is just insane week in and week out, like, what are you going to do at these pay-per-views to, you know, make it better than TV? It's a really good point. Other than just putting on a seven-hour show, which nobody wants to see. Nobody wants that anymore. I really hope those days are over. My one comment until we actually talk about it is that Sunday's pay-per-view just felt long. It was good, but it just felt long for what it was. Uh, respectfully disagree in this one instance because it was the first show with fans back and it was so, so it reminded me of like a concert or like a music festival. I just wanted it to go on forever. Mm. I just wanted to live in that energy, but that's not every wrestling show. Just this one is how I felt. I 99.9% would agree with you. 99 times out of hundred, I would agree. Yep. Anyway. So we get back to the NXT show, NXT and Adam Cole has a mic. Uh, Cole called his shot on the NXT Championship. He mocked Karrion Cross until the NXT Champion arrives. William Regal tried to stop Cole from weaseling his way into a title shot. Instead, Cross made it very clear he wanted Kyle O'Reilly, Pete Dunne, Johnny Gargano, and Adam Cole at TakeOver. Regal has had a hell of a night, and while Cole and Cross stare at each other, uh, Regal makes it official. He says it's done. So we are going to get a fatal five-way at In Your House 2021. Adam Cole then exits the ring, climbs on the announce table as he continues to claim he is the face of NXT and continues mocking Karrion Cross. So yeah, a couple things. Karrion Cross called Cole, what did he, like a rat-faced gas station worker or something? Yep. Some vibes of CM Punk, Kevin Nash-type uh, chirps there. Yeah. Uh, I thought Cole was really good. He kind of, he basically like played the, played the Dave Meltzer card, basically said like, I'm the best pro wrestler here. Everyone who watches pro wrestling knows that I'm better than you kind of thing. He actually made a point to use the words pro wrestling. wrestling. So yeah. So like, I thought that was, that was pretty interesting in WWE because pro wrestling is like foreign. You, You never hear that on WWE TV. So I thought that was an interesting card to play. I, I, I like this promo. It was pretty good. Yeah. Thoroughly enjoyed it myself. The hardest working reporter in professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell, this time. She's with Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell. Mackenzie is um, pushing Poppy's appearance next week and the announcement of the Fatal Five-Way. Candice says Johnny's going to win. Candice also says that Bad Bunny is better than Poppy, which actually really made me laugh. And at this point, she notices that Indy Hartwell is being all 
emo and she's also wearing a headset she asks what she's listening to and it is made to the clear to the viewers that she's listening to 80s power ballads I loved it. It's pretty, pretty cute little promo. I, I, I like uh, the slow burn of this Indy and Dexter thing. I think they should wait uh, until there's fans in the building to really like push this one over the edge. If they can stretch it out for like three more months. Yep. 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 And, and in my notes, like this is, I did, I didn't even notice and I'm going to call this out just because it's so funny because I'm just taking notes and I literally put dot, 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 same Indy, same. <laughs> <laughs> Word? <laughs> All right. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, so Kushida's open challenge has been answered by Carmelo Hayes. A video promo for Christian Casanova, now known as Carmelo Hayes, plays. Um, he says we're looking at the next Cruiserweight champion. So what did you think of this? I absolutely... Go ahead. You go first. Uh, yeah, I really liked it. I thought this was the kind of thing that they should do much more of on NXT. Dip it to the Performance Center. And I, and I like that they touched on his indie past a little bit. And he seems like a very confident kid. I wanted to see more of him. I went and checked out his social media right away. What did you think of this? Um, I really enjoyed this. It's just there's something about if you're going to introduce someone, especially in a championship open challenge match, you want to talk about their pedigrees. You want to talk about why they deserve this match. Um, you want to you know make sure the audience knows who they are. And this is it kind of makes me laugh because... NXT kind of has 205 as their backup show, right? It is and it's not. But then we have Dynamite, who has 20 dark shows, and they never do this on Dynamite for the wrestlers that are debuting. That's such a good point. Yeah, man, that's a really, really good call. And you never really know, like, who's Bear Country? Who's this guy? Who's that guy? Yeah, I agree. And Excalibur tries so hard to tell us, but... I don't know, this one video and the announcers in the actual match, they just did a fantastic job of making you care who this Carmelo Hayes guys is. Yeah, I care. I want to see more of them for sure, for sure, for sure. And you know who else did a great job is Kashida. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> he Clearly. helped. He did a great job helping you care about Carmelo Hayes and getting over the fact that this guy might be a threat. Yep. But before that match, we get a Zia Lee promo. She talks about her first match at the May Young Classic against Mercedes Martinez and how she wasn't anything then, but now she is a warrior. And at TakeOver, she's going to be ready. Yeah, great uh, little promo from Zia Lee here. I thought that this was yeah, way better than I expected and gave much more of a gravitas to this match then the spooky little segment last week with the hand on with the symbol on the hand. Although I did like that. That was a fun little bit of spookiness. You know what? I don't necessarily want a, a fun little bit of spookiness. I like this angle far more. This is way better. Yeah. And it's, you know, there's always something to be said about a callback to, you know, someone's past. I think this was great. And it was just like, hey, look, you know, this has happened before and I've grown since then. So you better be ready. Yes, sir. All right. Uh, the 80s power ballad is still playing on the headset as Dexter Loomis picks them up, starts listening. He takes it all in and walks off camera. Single tear rolling down his face. Dexter Loomis. He has feelings too, Boris. Just because he's a crazy psychopath doesn't mean that he doesn't have feelings. Yep. Although that's exactly 
exactly what it means, I think, technically. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Yep. The <laughs> Fatal Five Way is now made official at In Your House. Karrion Cross, Pete Dunn, Kyle O'Reilly, Johnny Gargano, Adam Cole. Cool. It's going to be a schmozzy mess of a match. I get why wrestling companies don't do this. I saw a lot of people complaining about the AEW triple threat. Like, oh, it should be like three-way dance. It should be elimination. But then you have to beat everyone in the match. Like, if they made this match elimination, they have to beat four people. If they make it a a five-way dance, they have to beat one people, you know? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Kushida's already in the ring Carmelo Hayes is on his way out And it's finally time for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship match As Kushida, your champion Goes one-on-one against Carmelo Hayes So as I mentioned earlier The announcers are trying really hard To put Hayes' accolades over I really like this touch Um, What did you think of this match? No, I thought it was a really good showing This this one was hurt pretty badly by a commercial as well it's just a you know it's a product of a tv match in 2021 it is what it is but we have to note it like this match would have been better if it didn't have a giant commercial in the middle of it having said that as far as debuts go great pretty pretty good showing here for carmelo hayes you know i he looked he looked as good as you possibly could losing a cruiserweight title match in your debut like i thought he really impressed me so Hayes and Kushida are trading stiff strikes in the middle of the ring. Palm strikes levels Hayes, um, but Hayes with a tilt-a-whirl bulldog for two. Hayes gets up. Kushida staggers back to his feet. Kushida with a palm strike, a running kick misses. Hoverboard lock is blocked. Right hand to the temple. Running kick to Hayes. Hoverboard lock now is on, and Hayes taps, and Kushida wins at 11 minutes and one second. Yeah, I like that uh, Hayes kind of tried to match Kushida with like some kind of sub- submission-ish kind of thing. He hit like like you said, like the tilt the world bulldog, like similar to a La Mystica. I think maybe he was going for like the the old Mystico Sin Cara armbar thing. But uh, yeah, no, I thought this was a very good showing. And in the end, uh, Kushida just had too much, just overwhelmed the young kid because he's great. He's a great wrestler. If this is how they use Kushida just building up guys from the performance center and getting good matches out of young, exciting talent, hook hook it to my veins. That's all I want out of wrestling, really. So, yeah, man, this was awesome. This is this was great. This is, I want to see it every week. Yeah, if they're going to use the Cruiserweight title kind of as the gateway into NXT, I am 100% okay with that. Um, you know, and this is a perfect example. You know, the Cruiserweight Championship has... Is, is kind of been in the graveyard for many years. I think that the past year with Santos Escobar, he's really brought it back to a little bit of prominence at least. Like, hey, it's made the main card at TakeOvers. You know, that means something. So I believe that con- Kushida continues to elevate the title with each performance. He's a shining light in the division. And if he can continue to push stars to the ne- next level like this, it's a win-win-win for everyone. Yeah, that, yeah, well put, yeah. Uh, Santos rescued this belt from the graveyard, and Kushida's kind of like helping it, kind of helping it along and kind of trying to resuscitate it to, you know, back to working belt status, back yeah. to be a, a mighty belt itself, one that could possibly main event shows, who knows. It may, it, hey, if it can even main event a off a odd TV match or TV show, I'm fine with that, but you know, and if 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 you can bring in new workers like um, uh, like Carmelo Hayes, 
then it's a win-win. Like it's it's fantastic. I love this. So overall, I thoroughly enjoyed this match. I enjoy what Kushida is doing, and I really like what we saw out of the new guy, Carmelo Hayes. Yeah, same. If I had to put a number on it, Boris, I would call it three and a half rainbow jackets out of five on this one. 70%, really solid. Uh, solid B from uh, from the boys. Yep. Cameron Grimes versus LA Knight. One-on-one is official. But Matt, I have a question for you. Hit me. Is this Cameron Grimes versus LA Knight match going to be a Ted DiBiase on a pole match? Oof. Did they hire Russo? Is it official? Is Russo actually booking this show? Well, no. That's not a visual that anyone wants to see. Ted DiBiase no. on a poll match. Although I'm sure it would be a lavish, fancy poll. But uh, no, I, I think uh, not. <laughs> I was I'm joking. Gonna say no. no, but like, <laughs> you know, it, it's interesting that we're going to get that match. And like storyline-wise, I wonder how they're going to work DiBiase into this. And, you know, I still think that Jake Atlas is the asterisk in all of this. Yeah, I think, yeah, I, I like where your head's out on that fantasy book. I hope he's the Tatanka in this situation. Yep. MSK is getting ready. They have a rebuttal to Legado's promo. All Legado do is attack them from behind and Weasel away wins. At the end of the night, we will be hearing and still tag team champions, MSK, because they're going to be champions all day, all night. Yeah, it was fine. Not as annoying as they've been in the past, which is a win. Yep, it's to the point. That's all you can really ask from them. Uh, Frankie Monet is with her glam squad talking about her impressive reviews from her debut. She says she's just getting started. Yeah, I great promo. One of, one of the best on the show so far. Obviously, Adam Coles was probably the best. But yeah, Frankie Monet is a personality. She's ready for the main roster. It's crazy. Just like, just just bypass any championship match let's just get her up there yeah if you need Raquel if you like Raquel needs an opponent maybe have her lose to Raquel just to see if she can do it you know just to help Raquel out why not but yeah I would honestly debut Frankie in John Morrison's corner soon in a week or two don't wait SummerSlam latest yep we then get another match, and this match was a women's tag team match as Zoe Stark and Zeta Ramirez go up against Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell in a non-title match. So essentially, this match seemed more like extending the Indy Hartwell-Dexter Loomis storyline with the announcers really talking mainly about that. Uh, Ramirez tags in, and Hartwell breaks up the next near fall. LeRae tags Hartwell back in after a curb st- after curb stomping Ramirez. Hartwell shoots the half um uh, the uh, her what do you call it elbow drop uh, to m- make the pin and your champions win at three minutes 43 seconds so yes so oh yeah so yeah the finish the 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 uh, it was called wicked savage because it com- it combined you see Candice LeRae's wicked stepsister which is the stomp and uh, Indy Hartwell's pretty savage which is her finishing move, which is the springboard elbow drop. So it's wicked savage, Boris, you see. All right. Well, let's let's use it. I like it. It's it's, it's a thing. (laughs) In my opinion, this match had a lot more potential than it actually was. Um, You know, especially with Hartwell distracted. Like, they really could have played that up a little more. But the champions basically just defeated this upstart team quickly. Um, And, you know, we're huge on Stark, and I believe that uh, Zeta Ramirez has something and a lot of potential. But, you know, at the end of the day, 
it's the same theme that we say often on this show. This match needed more time. Yeah. And, you know, something gets hurt every week. It's a wrestling show. They're trying to cram a lot in. These things happen. Uh, I, I like that it was Zeta who pretty much ate everything in this match. And Zoe didn't have to look bad at all. She isn't really hurt by this at all. And Zeta's not terribly hurt by it either. She's a rookie and she got rocked by the tag team champions. That's okay. They can tell that story. Um, yeah, I thought this was every squash match I've ever seen, though. I go two and a half uh, rainbow jackets out of five. It's the Mendoza line, 50%. Yep. After the match, we see Mercedes Martinez. She's been a marked woman her whole career, she says. She knows Zia Lee is more dangerous than she was at the Mayan Classic. She says she beat her then. She will run through her at TakeOver. Yep. Yeah, perfectly fine promo. I like the other one better, but I like the vibe of this feud a lot. I really like this direction. Yep. We get a advertisement for In Your House, with the, and they promote the two advertising matches. You see we have Cameron Grimes versus LA Knight in a Ted DiBiase in a pole match. I'm just going to keep saying that until it actually happens. <laughs> <laughs> and we have the NXT Championship Fatal 5-Way match. Cool. And we're also... Probably going to get a couple of matches announced on social media. By the time we speak to you next week, we'll probably have four or five at least. By the time that people listen to this show, there's going to be at least four matches on the card. Yeah, probably. You're probably correct on that one, buddy. Um, Legado and MSK are in final prep for their championship match. We get a promo for Diamond Mine. This promo was a little longer. We saw more workouts. We saw more cages. We saw more um, taped fists. And it says it's opening soon. So is this maybe Malcolm Bivens related, Boris? Could it be? Damn. I don't know. I'm, I still think it's Evolve, like the new... Um, like the new NXT brand, but who knows? Okay, interesting. That's that's cool. That's probably what it is. Yeah, I, I'm still I'm still uh, hoping it's a weird CM Punk thing, which it <laughs> obviously is not. But I am a mark, and I choose to mark out sometimes. If you are the only person that thinks this, consistently says this, and it is this, you're gonna be the smartest man alive. Could you imagine if I I'll, I'll I'll claim that I broke it weeks ago? You know that we're gonna I'm gonna make a compilation. <laughs> <laughs> Put it on YouTube. No, but again, this is ridiculous. It's obviously not CM Punk. Um, we get a Ember Moon promo. She is with the hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell. Ember is livid tonight. Calls Dakota a lackey. She's going to get Raquel where it hurts. Next week, she will take out Dakota Kai. And at In Your House, she will become the next two-time NXT Women's Champion. Fine. Fine promo. Usually, I think Ember Moon is like a bad promo. And this wasn't bad. That's that's exactly it. That's what I wanted to say is like typically we crap on Ember Moon's promos and this one was acceptable, passable. So it was like, you know, there you go. Just say what you have to say. Get to the point. Let's move on. Yeah, she was angry. She was motivated. She exactly did that, said what she had to say and uh, let us move on. Yep. Uh, Legado del Fantasma come out. MSK come out. We get the championship intros from Alicia Taylor, and it's time for the main event of the night, which also happens to be for the NXT Tag Team Championships as MSK, your champs, go up against Legado del Fantasma. So, you know, 
The Grizzled Young Veterans tried to get early it uh, tried to get involved early in the match. Tommaso Champ and Timothy Thatcher, um, you know, do the save and attack them. Uh, the brawl raged into the back. So I kind of like that off the get-go. You know, you kind of had this weird feeling that because the championship picture seems to be these four teams right now. So you had a feeling that uh, there's those young veterans and Tommaso Ciampa were going to get involved in some shape or form. But what do you kind of think of like that? Here's the here's them the, and let's get rid of them. Yeah, no, I like that. Like the, the almost the tease of interference and then quickly were thwarted by the baby faces. I, I, I thought that was pretty, pretty clever and it served for a better match. So I had a fun little idea. Why not? Yep. What did you think of this match overall? I thought it was great. Uh, yeah, these teams do not disappoint. I'm really looking forward to the weekly or bi-weekly MSK match that we've been getting. Legato, they, not only Legato, but specifically Mendoza. Ever since uh, Tommaso Ciampa shattered his face, <laughs> he's been incredible. He's been on one. That guy's been motivated. And he, in this match, again, he hit an unbelievable rope walk drop kick. It just took my breath away. Like, this guy's really fired up. He's been performing extremely well. So, yeah, this was a great match. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the heck out of it. Oh, yeah, 100%. I really enjoyed it. Like, I thought it was a really good match. Um, MSK and Legado. And I don't know how to say this without sounding like a moron. But I feel like it should be said that it may have been production. It may have been, you know, them just being super hyped but there were some moves that looked like it clearly missed you know what i mean it was a little little on the um on the night so not so beautiful side but everything they did was still nice and crisp um you know the thought was there um it wasn't crazy in terms of the flippity flip stuff that we're used to seeing um there was a story in it and you know i thought that it was a it was a pretty good match overall yeah, no, for sure. I, I like, I like I said, I really liked it. What the perfect amount of time. And uh, previously in the show, I mentioned that there was an awesome camera thing. Well, we'll probably get to it at the end of the uh, of of the situation here. But Santos Escobar did a great job uh, being a dick on uh, in, in the outside. He's got a future as a manager, maybe if he needs it. Boris, I, I think I maybe like this one more than you, man. I, uh, I'm all about uh, protective face mask Mendoza, though. He's he's my boy right now. He's one of my favorite wrestlers in NXT at the moment. Hey, I, I, it's not that I didn't like it. It's something that I felt like we needed to point out. Um, you know, it's it's what we do. Fair enough. You know, um, but I really thought this much. Like, I sent you a message saying, like, holy shit, those last few minutes were insane. Like, it was just action yeah. after action. So much so that this is what my notes have for the match uh, to end the match, uh, Lee gave his partner a, rep a reprieve, but could not stop the dominance of Legado. Lee barely survived an impressive offense from the heel, including a head scissors takedown off the top rope into a powerbomb. Santos Escobar attacks Lee from behind uh, the referee's back and set up MSK to hit their finisher, but Carter made the save. And this is when, out of nowhere, Bronson Reed blasts. Escobar into the barricade, which distracted Mendoza. Wild ran into the finish of MSK, which is their heart attack blockbuster, allowing the champions to retain at 15 minutes and 25 seconds. Yeah, so that was the camera shot. I love that. Santos yep. throws MSK man into the stairs and then backs up against like the fan the the fan barricade and he like smiles and he's he's feeling himself smelling himself a little bit and then you see on his face santos is like oh no 
oh my god and then all of a sudden Bronson Reed comes charging into your screen and just smashes just squanches poor Santos Escobar against the uh, barricade there that was just a a hilarious shot I laughed out loud thought that was really well done I like this match a lot man this was a great wrestling match great main event not as good as the opening match but I would still call it great yep so how would you rate this match I'll go four uh shiny rainbow jackets out of five like i said not as good as the opener i would say probably a minus if we had to pick nits if we wanted to be a dick about it which we do because we're rating matches that's what we're doing here no but yeah just uh you know we 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 talk about these things as a celebration of wrestling i would like to celebrate this match a great tag team main event to close nxt yeah msk is so freaking good legado has just been like they've just been on a roll in 2021 um and you know, you know, with I guess Santos Escobar is the ch- next challenger for Bronson Reed. But where does this leave his capos? Yeah. So I'm wondering if we can get a fifth team in here and do two five ways. Do like a five way tag team match and a five way uh, world title match. Sure. But who who would the fifth team be? Um, I don't know. Could be uh, could be Hit Row. At this point, you might as well just throw them in, right? Like, who knows? Um, yeah, we'll see what happens. But I really want to see a um, at least a four-way. I can I can honestly see at In Your House us getting a, a four-way tag team match, which that's, you know, we'll cross that bridge if this is what happens because that's a conversation to have in terms of, you know, the quote-unquote overbooking of a card. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm a sucker for a four quarters tag team match for whatever reason. I don't know what it is, you know, but I they're they're very rarely like four star, five star, like great, great matches. But I am a sucker for a four quarters tag team match. I just like the chaos of it. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that for sure. Uh, so that is the show after the match. MSK and Bronson Reed all celebrate as the show goes off air. Yeah, fun little baby faces standing triumphant. We need that more in the world, Boris. Baby yeah. faces standing triumphant with their titles. Yep. Um, <laughs> it seems like almost all the championships in NXT are baby faces because, you know, Karrion Cross is God knows. He, he was a face for that promo. Um, <laughs> like, you just never know what Cross is going to be. I think actually Adam Cole was the baby face in that promo, but but he was a heel five minutes ago. When he laid out, you know what I mean? When he laid out the main event or the the opener, sorry. But he laid out three main event level wrestlers uh, from behind. That's a pretty heel-like move. So, yeah, yeah I don't know. That's instant heel. Like, that's like, you know, that's insane heat that you're going to get from yeah. the crowd and the viewers. Which, that you know, if that's what they wanted, they for sure got it. Because, like I said, I was, like, angry and eager during that commercial break to see what's going to happen next on the show. And as much as we positively talk about nxt i don't recall being this eager to get through a commercial like i was at that second break (laughs) that's hilarious yeah man yeah like i said like i got my dander up as well i was i was pissed off in in, in the best wrestling fan kind of way yeah we got worked We, we were we were fans tonight matt it was nice it feels good boris feels good to be a fan of something I was going to say, it feels good to be a fan of something and not have it destroy your heart and soul every single time. Yep. So what would you say would be your match of the night? Oh, for sure, the opener. 
Uh, I think that was a, a safe level above the main event, which I also would call great. I'd say there were two matches that, that were worth your time, worth seeking out. But yeah, the, the main event was good. No, the main event was great. The opener, even greater, Boris. The opener yeah. was even greater. The triple threat match, I loved the finish too. But your mile, your mileage might vary on the finish. You might not agree with my opinion on the finish, but the match itself, unfuck withable. The match yep. itself was great. Yep. Uh, promo of the night. Promo of the night got to be Adam Cole. Got to be Adam Cole in the carrying cross thing. But shout out to Frankie Monet because her character is a hundred percent there. It's all the way there. She's ready. Yep. And how many rainbow jackets would you give this show out of five in total? I don't know. What do you think? I, yeah, I think this was like a solid A. I would say like a, a like just like the just like the opener. It was above just like a just like four star. It was four and a quarter, Boris. We're gonna go eighty five percent. It's a solid A in Canada. It was four and a quarter rainbow jackets. Yep, agreed, hundred percent. All right, we are going to move on, and we are going to kick off the first edition, the first official edition of NXT UK Corner here on NXT Talk. So, people have been asking, both on the board and via email, that, you know, they want to see us TLK about NXT UK, about ROH, about, you know, other wrestling shows. So, like I mentioned, we are going to try to do that. We hope to have an announcement soon about how we're going to do that. But here on NXT Talk, we're going to try to keep the talk to NXT as much as humanly possible. So every week, either Matt or I are going to be not only watching, but chatting about NXT UK. Yes, exactly. Hopefully both of us. I think this week perhaps only I did. That's fine. We'll quickly go through the show, give you uh, you know, the match results, uh, match times, quick little star ratings as we do, and uh, also you know, point out the key promos and kind of angles and what we have going forward for the future shows. So let's just get into it quickly. Uh, match number one, Nathan Fraser defeated Shaw Samuels. Uh, that was nine minutes and four seconds. Really good showing. Fraser wins with a five-star frog splash. I like Nathan, Nathan Fraser a lot as a babyface. Interesting. I, for sure. So, you know, just listening to the two names, I, for some reason, would have just thought Shaw Samuels just wins automatically. I don't know why. Yeah, I would think so, too. It seems like Nathan Fraser is kind of getting his first push is the vibe you get. But, yeah, uh, I would go three and a half on that one. I thought it was pretty good. Uh, next, we got uh, actually after in between here, there was a Noam Dar promo. He was angry about being ejected from the Nathan Fraser match. And uh, he cut a promo on Ilya Dragunov, who he'll be wrestling coming in up, coming up, which I'm very excited for. Dar versus Dragunov, two of my favorites in NXT UK, for sure. Uh, next, we got Teoman versus Ashton Smith. It's pretty basic, pretty average match. Uh, Teoman wins with the crossface in six minutes and 39 seconds. I'm going to go two and a half on that one. But it was all right. I like Teoman. You know, there's nothing really wrong with it. But it was you know, a pretty standard wrestling match. And this is the point where I will notice the crowd in the second match of an NXT UK. You know what I mean? The first match you're settling in, you're really liking it. It's usually a hot opener. And then the second match, you're like, oh, man, I miss people. Man, I miss yep. the fans of these shows. You know what I mean? So it's I've noticed when I watch NXT UK, the second match is where I personally hit the wall. Not that it's a long show. But you know what I mean? It's just where you notice 
the lack of people. Yeah. Okay, so after that, we had an Ilya Dragunov promo that I really liked. Uh, responding to Noam Dar, again, super pumped for that match. Then we had Kenny Williams defeating Andy Wilde. I've said this before on the show, Boris. Kenny Williams is a star. This yes. kid is going to be money. I hope Vince McMahon gets his hands on him and does something special with him because he could actually be really good. Williams wins with the headlock driver, which is a move that EC3 uses. I believe Dean Ambrose, it was his first finisher out of the shield in uh, four minutes and three seconds. We're going to go three stars for this just because I love Kenny Williams with all of my heart. Uh, Awesome promo. Uh, Kaylee Ray and Miko Satamora coming up in two weeks. That was a really, really strong, like, event center style promo. Definitely the best promo on the show. All respect to Noam Dar. Yep, I'm really looking forward to that match. Like, they've been building that match since uh, NXT UK Prelude. Um, you know, and then we there was that uh, that gauntlet match from a couple weeks ago that kind of set this match yeah. up. So I'm, kind of, I'm really looking forward to this match. Um, and I'm, yeah, like, you know, what more can I say? <laughs> I definitely enjoyed the gauntlet match too. Yeah, I 100% agree with you there, my friend. And then the main event, tra- uh, Trent Seven defeats Sam Gradwell in 14 minutes and seven seconds with the burning hammer. Uh, a very solid match. You know, very, very solid uh, main event. Trent Seven's a good wrestler. Sam Gradwell, good, crazy, uh, batshit, Heidenreich type Pokemon. <laughs> I really enjoyed this match a lot. Uh, 14 minutes and seven seconds it went. Uh, we're going to go three and a half on that one. So solid show. Solid NXT UK. I uh, love a Noam Dar promo. Love an event center building up a good match. And I'll watch the show every week if I can, for sure. So next week on the show, we have Joe Coffey versus Rampage Brown. And we also have Dragonov versus Dar which I'm so pumped for. Ilya Dragunov versus Noam Dar. In two weeks on the show, we have NXT UK women's title match, Kaylee Ray versus Miko Satomura. Very cool. That sounds like a great show this week, actually. So, so yeah, so that is our NXT UK corner where we're every week, one of us or both of us are going to be talking about NXT UK. We'll be giving you the matches, star rating, and highlights of the show. Yes, sir. All right, so we're going to move on. Um, you know, I'm going to give you the floor, Matt. You wanted to talk about AE Dub, Double or Nothing. Yeah, just briefly. I just really enjoyed the show. I was kind of like, kind of taken aback at some of the negativity I saw. The The match, the, the show length, I understand. But I, like I said, like I wanted it to last even longer if it could have. Like I was cool with four and a half hours for that specific show. Don't want every wrestling show to be four and a half hours. That one, I could have done five. I could have went longer. I was ready. You know what I mean? My body was ready the whole time. I really liked the show a lot. Uh, Yeah, I thought there were some really strong matches. Uh, Britt Baker, great performance. Jungle Boy got put over the way he needed to. They snuck a curveball by us there. I think we both should have predicted that one. Uh, You went seven and two in predictions. I went five and four. On that one, it was pretty rough. The worst thing on the show, worse than the Battle Royal, worse than Jim Ross's commentary, was Cody Rhodes versus a go-go. I thought both men performed well, and the match layout made me physically angry. I hated it. Cody Rhodes shakes off his finisher in the first 30 seconds. He shakes off a thousand punches from an Olympic boxer, and he wins with a fucking vertebraker? 
What the fuck? Why? Who put that match together? The Sandman? What the? What the fuck? I don't even like the drunk Hurricane Helms. What the fuck was that? It was just so weird. But I really, really liked the show overall. <laughs> yeah. Um. You. You look. The Cody Rhodes was the low light for me, but for many reasons. I just didn't like the entire, just the optics of the match going into it. I just really didn't like it. Like, you know, you're going to be playing Raw Raw America against, you know, a visible minority who's just trying to make a living here in America. Like, I don't know what message you're actually trying to show, um, especially when Cody was the one who made this about countries. Like, it's just it was kind of yeah. weird. It kind of just felt like there's a million other ways that they could have built up this match. And obviously the match itself, you know, I I told you Cody wasn't going to win. Like this is, this is, this is, I'm not going to say classic Cody, but you know, it is what it is. I'm not saying this is the case, but I am saying I'm surprised you didn't say this is the case. The galaxy brain take would be Cody forced the USA thing in there so that Tony Khan wouldn't make him lose. You know what I mean? Like he forced the USA, the pro USA angle. He forced the, my daughter. And like he tried to make a hard times promo so that Tony Khan wouldn't at the last minute call an audible and actually book a go-go to win. Yeah. I don't know, man. It was just, it was, it was <laughs> that match was too much. His Homelander costume. I just like, I, I'll tell you a hundred percent honest. So, I was still drunk, hungover when I was watching this game, this uh, <laughs> this show at like four in the morning. I couldn't sleep, so I turn it on, watching the show. You know, by the time that this show comes up, I literally or this match came up, I just had to stop it, pause it, make coffee, make breakfast. You know, sit outside, ponder about my life choices over the weekend, <laughs> and <laughs> then eventually get back I to think, the show. Uh... <laughs> Go go to bed, fucking try another day. Probably yep. made the right choice on that but one. As soon as I saw the <laughs> Homelander get up, I'm just like, nope, I'm done. Like <laughs> classic, classic. Oh, yeah, that's funny. Like, oh man, I so- try, I try to take a step back from the Cody hate because I really do think he, in the grand scheme of things, is a smart guy. I think he knows what he's doing in the business, and I think that he's a, you know, he's a okay wrestler, you know. It's other reasons why I don't like him and why I'm going to be very particular with him. Um, and this, I t- double or nothing, just highlighted everything, you know, about why I don't like him. Yeah, like I like I said, like I thought both wrestlers in the ring performed well, but whoever laid that match out, and my guess is Cody. But but no, it doesn't matter. I just I'm not trying to personally attack whoever did. Like, fuck them. Like, that's not what I want to do. I just personally disliked the layout of that match a whole lot, and it made me not like the match. Yep, exactly. But overall, I thoroughly enjoyed the um, the show. Like, I really, really, really did like uh, you know the entire show, and I thought that it was just a very good. Um, it was a very good time. Like you said, you know something about having the crowd back that made it feel really cool. Um, you know, I think yeah, that that's, that's, that's well put because honestly, if you put if you put a gun to my head, man, I might honestly say that the best match that I've seen, like all in the last few days was the triple threat. Like that triple threat on NXT today might've been better in the ring than anything on the AEW pay-per-view. But it's like you said, it was a good time. 
the show was just a good time. It just felt so awesome. It just felt like wrestling again, man. It was just ah, it was just great. Just great fun. It took me away from just like everything that like I've been whatever you know, for lack of a better term, going through. And it was just like, yay, I'm actually enjoying wrestling right now. Like, hey, this is a good freaking time. Uh, I'm glad to hear that, man. That's nice to hear. That's why that's why we watch this shit. You know, that's why we do this podcast. So that's nice. Thanks. 100%. Thanks, Cody and Tony <laughs> in the box. And even I you, Kenny. No, I love Kenny Omega. I'm just talking, talking nonsense. I love it. Um, so can you repeat the scores? I didn't quite get the scores for the pick contest. I don't remember that far back. Nope, fuck you. That's the end of our podcast. Thanks for listening. No, I'm just kidding. So, okay, so yeah. So, last show we did was the AEW pay-per-view. Boris, you went seven and two, seven wins, two losses. I went five and four, five wins, four losses. So, the new totals, Boris, you are at 15 and five, 15 wins, five losses. I am four games behind you in the standings at 11 and 9. 11 wins, 9 losses. Very interesting. It is a new day. It's a new dawn. It's a new life. And I'm feeling good, Boris. Yep. And that is because the NWA pay-per-view, When Our Shadows Fall, is going to be live this Sunday, June 6th, via Fight TV at 4 p.m. from Studio... from. GBP Studios in Atlanta, and we will have our picks for this show. So, shall we go through the list, Matt? Let's do it. Starting with a four way tag team match. I'm a sucker for these, Boris. We were just talking about it. Four corners tag team match. The end, Odinson and Perro versus Mecha Wolf and Bestia666 versus Marche Rocket and Slice Boogie. Versus Sam Rudo and Saul Renaro. Again, those teams are The End, Odinson and Perro. Versus Mecha Wolf and Bestia 666. Versus Marche Rocket and Slice Boogie. Versus Sam Rudo and Saul Renaro. Um, I'm going to go with The End. You're going with The End. I'm going to go based mostly on their names. Marche Rocket and Slice Boogie. Love it. All right. So, Boris, you select The and all right, moving on. Women's tag team match. We have Thunder Rosa and Molina, two of my favorites, versus Kylie Ray and Taryn Terrell. Interesting tag team there. Yeah, it is a very interesting tag team. I'm going to have to say that Kylie Ray and Taryn Terrell are going to win this match. Interesting. That pro- that makes a lot of sense, actually, come to think of it. You know, there's a lot of ways they can go, and maybe they're going to build towards a Rosa. Versus Molina kind of thing. Who knows? I'm going to go with the, the favorites, I think, on paper. It's going to be Rosa and Molina to win this one. Keep the big stars strong, Boris. Yep. I yeah, Like I said, part of me wants to agree with that, but, you know, I'm just I'm just being cocky with my choices now. Yeah, fair enough. Hey, sometimes you got to stunt out. Maybe uh, you roll the dice and you, you know, hit a, hit a seven uh, or seven and two. All right. So moving on. Two matches of WWE uh, notables, WWE cast-offs, if you will. Starting with one that I'm actually quite excited for. JTG versus Fred Rosser, the former Darren Young. Yep. I'm going to have to go with JTG on this one. Oh, wow. Interesting. JTG. I'm going to go with Fred Rosser. I think he's been getting a very big push 
on uh, NGPW World, and I think that's going to carry over here. I think his star is rising in the wrestling business, and NWA is going to help uh, try to take advantage of that. Yep. I'm going to go Fred Rosser. So you think he's going to be an impact player, a uh, uh... <laughs> <laughs> a prime time player, a prime time player. But maybe he will be an impact player too. Who knows? But uh, yeah, no, a uh, prime time player. Yes, I do. All right, yep. here's a match of WWE castoffs that I am less excited for. Tyrus, the former Brodus Clay, versus Pope Elijah Burke. Oh, my God. I don't know. Um, I'm going to have to say Tyrus. Tyrus, eh? So this is a grudge match. I feel like Tyrus is the baby face? Question mark? I'm not watching enough NWA power. Please, fans, enlighten me on this one. I'm sorry, I, I'm missing the boat on this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pencil in the Pope. Uh, well, I'm gonna, pe- I'm gonna pen it in. I'm gonna write it in in black marker. We're gonna go Pope. Let's just keep the, uh, keep the battle going here, Boris. We haven't picked the same one yet. So I'm gonna go Pope Elijah Burke on this one. All right, we're gonna close out with three different title matches, starting with uh, NWA Tag Team Champions. Aaron Stevens, the former Damian Sandow, and J.R. Kratos defend against Chris Adonis, the former Chris Masters, and Thon Latimer, and the War Kings of Crimson and Jax Dane. I believe that Aaron Stevens and J.R. Kratos will retain. Stevens and Kratos, eh? All right, will retain. Um, hmm. I do like the the thought of Chris Adonis getting him uh, a title belt here. Hmm. Yeah, you know what? Let's go with Chris Masters. I'm going to go with Adonis and Thon Lattimore. On you this would. One. I would. I would do that. And I am. And I will. All right. NWA women's title. Serena Deeb versus Camille. Serena Deeb. Yeah, this is one that we're going to agree on. I don't see the point of taking the belt off Serena Deeb yet. I think she's doing great work with it in numerous companies. She's an excellent wrestler, high on the list of wrestler of the year, you can argue. She just has nothing but amazing to great matches, to, to very good every time she goes out. Anyway, Serena Deeb, all the way. Interesting main event here for the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship belt. <laughs> Nick Aldis versus Trevor Murdoch. Boris, what do you think? I think Nick is going to retain. I don't see them taking that belt off him just yet. I kind of agree. I'm wondering, though, because I think the the from the promos that I've seen just on social media and stuff, they're really leaning into, like, this is, like, Trevor Murdoch's dream, like, the boyhood dream. I do think all this could lose it for, like, a month or two and win it back. You know what I mean? I think I think Trevor Trevor Murdoch could get, like, a... Thank you for sticking with the NWA kind of kind of title right here. So just in the spirit of friendly competition, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to select Trevor Murdoch. I'm going to say it's going to be a curveball, little surprise, little feel-good NWA moment to close out the show. Trevor Murdoch wins the title, loses it back to Nick Aldis almost immediately. Damn. Ballsy. Both of us have ballsy nice. picks here. Yeah, it's, we're all over the map here. So the only match that we actually picked the same on is Serena Deeb. So there's going to be a lot of uh, lot of changing of the guard in the standings after this. I'm excited. This is going to be a good show. I love how well, you're assuming of, that it's going to be a changing of the guard. Uh, well, I mean, like either 
our scores are going to change either. Like I I'm hoping it's going to be a changing of the guard, but that's true. I could just get sunk to below Baltimore Oriole status here. It could be really bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I shouldn't oh, say it's going to be a good show, but I think our pick contest has made it exciting for me anyway. Yep. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Like, you know, it's NWA. I try to catch it when I can. It just, it's a time used to be of, of the essence for me. And it's just one of the shows that I just, you know, just caught a lot less. But I'm going to try to make a point of watching it a little more. We're going to make a point of watching the pay-per-view. And obviously, stay tuned because after the show, either on Sunday night or Monday morning, you're going to get a review from the Young Guns, Matt and Boris. So that's something to look forward to. Hey, Matt, did you hear about the new show? What what new show? Uh, on on the SNME radio network. Qu'est-ce que c'est? There is going to be a SmackDown review. Um, oh, so- yeah, of course I did hear about that. What, I was falling asleep at the wheel there. Yeah, the East Coast dads, of course. I can't wait. Love those yep. guys. Yep, so that's going to be a fun show, uh, you know, and obviously you still have your midweek markup, you have the, your Dynamite review show with the old fucks, you got the round tables, you got the main show, you know, possibly some more stuff coming down the line, dot, 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 hopefully really looking forward to all that stuff, um, and, you know, if you want to let us know what you think of the show, like I say, every week, you can change just about anything on the show except for the hosts there are a couple ways that you can actually get a hold of us you can find us on social media instagram and twitter and you can find us at nxt tlk podcast.com that's at nxt talk podcast.com or at nxt you know you know what it is uh, you can Nailed also it. find us show at nxt talk podcast.com um and then if you want merch go to baller gear get all the merch there as I mentioned, listen to all of the other shows, and there's going to be so much stuff coming up. So a lot to really look forward to. As always, we want to thank everyone who has listened. We want to thank everyone who has sent feedback. And obviously, you know, we, we try to be active on the on the boards. I know I've been a little little less active lately, but I'll try to get back to uh, to 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 regular levels. So thank you, everyone. We are the Young Guns. I'm Boris. He's Matt. The show is NXT Talk. Good night. I like Winnipeg. I know a lot of people in Winnipeg. Having said that, fuck Kenny Omega. Fuck Don Callis. Fuck Roddy Piper. Fuck Chris Jericho. Go Hawks, Brandon!